on today's expose, I'm going to highlight Zaladane. And, okay, I warned you. I warned you all sexy exes. This gets confusing. But Zaladane came out in Astonishing Tales number three in December 1970. So let's go, let's rewind a little bit to last episode where we had Lorna Dane Polaris. She yeah. actually went to the Savage Land and Zaladane was like, hey, my real name is Zala Dane because I'm your sister. I'm your sister, Polaris. <laughs> <laughs> and then that turned out to not be true. She's actually not her sister. So we had. The fake out Magneto father, who oh turned out to really be her father. <laughs> and then we had Zaladane being like, I'm your sister. And then we had then Polaris would then be a sibling of uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. But then now that's not true anymore. So it's it's a whole thing. She's like, it's she's a whole like who thing. am I? Who am I? I'm floating in the universe. <laughs> this is why she went crazy briefly. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Zaladane... She's actually, she hasn't been in the comics that much, and she's depicted very much like she is in this episode, where she is a high priestess of Garrock. Um, she's actually, I'm going to talk about this now, because it'll come up later, she actually started following the high evolutionary after Garrock, so I wonder if that'll play into our episode when we keep playing. Oh. And at what point does she move into Castle Grayskull? Yeah, because she looks so much like the sorceress. (laughs) She wears her little chicken outfit. I don't know why. (laughs) I go where I want to go. Gene. Scott. Gene. Welcome to Solving for X. My name is Sean. I'm the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. (laughs) And this has been years in the making. We have a Storm Stan, an X-Men Task Stan, a friend of every pod. We have Ryan Terry here with us. Hey, Kevin and Sean. Thanks so much for having (laughs) me on your new show. This is very exciting. Get to talk, uh, formally talk X-Men, because Sean and I are always one-off talking about X-Men. <laughs> so um, I, I meant to grab my, my Storm Funko Pop, and she's still in the she's still in the case. But I do have a Storm Funko Pop. She she and Rogue, because they because they go together like two peas in a pod. Yeah, <laughs> they do. I couldn't have one without the other. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, before we started this pod, in the background, Ryan was like, when are you doing the X-Men pod? I really want to hear you do the X-Men pod. When are you going to do the X-Men pod? So you were a big big factor in like i need to get this mm-hmm. thing started so i can appease ryan and we'll stop asking <laughs> yeah it's been fun fun journey so far yeah cool so do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself and who you are sure on, on for uh, those who um had uh ha- were not uh stands of um hanging with the hollowells uh, uh my name uh, my name is ryan i uh, teach film studies and screenwriting at the university of tampa so i love uh film i love tv and certainly have 
my favorite shows uh, and your know, films over the decades. And fortunately, today I get to talk about one of my favorite shows as a kid and one that I have uh, rewatched uh, once it uh, landed on Disney Plus. And now that I'm subscribed for at least a month, haven't you know coming here on the show? I will rewatch it. Uh, I will rewatch it again. Uh, but I had the toys. I uh, had. The, I, I can't remember how many of the action figures I had, uh, but I had several of them and. Um, I even made myself a um, homemade storm costume way back when I, I was probably wow. like, you know, 10 or 11 <laughs> years old. So I've been a huge storm stand, you know, since uh, since the beginning. Um, so so I'm really excited to get to talk about storm, uh, whom, you know, inarguably is one of the most powerful X-Men. So so mm-hmm. it's just and we get to see a little bit of that uh, in uh, our episode today and next week. So, yeah, so that's uh, so that's me. I, I, I distinctly remember my very first. Uh, exposure to X-Men the animated series and, and listeners I don't know if you uh, remember this or not but in 92 uh, either just as or just before the show was launching on uh, on then Fox the Pizza Hut uh, which used to be great now it's shitty but when Pizza Hut was great <laughs> and uh, you could um uh, I think I forget what the deal was, but you got a VHS of Night of the Sentinels, and, yep. and I think it was one other option. And so the one I wound up with was uh, was Night of the Sentinels, and I'm pretty sure my parents still have that VHS in their uh, the arcane VHS library. Yeah, and I remember those VHS. The other one I believe was. Uh... Enter Magneto and Deadly Reunions. I oh. think you're is right. The, I think you're right. Is this yeah. our 90s moment? You got mail. 90s moments. This is moments. Thank you for creating this for us. <laughs> Just about, I think right. I did watch the VHS even before it was on TV or just right around the same time. And I I just fell in love with with these yeah. characters. Really, really did. And um, yeah, so I'm, again, very happy to see you guys again. And I'm thrilled to get to sit down and uh, and talk X-Men. Woohoo! So what a lot of people talk about, because I know the uh, Luwalds have embrace that they have a very queer following would you say like this was kind of the outsider that spoke to you it spoke to your outside mentality because that's what it did for me yeah i it's uh hard to put myself in my uh you know 10 11 year old shoes or you know however uh, however old i I say 92 so oh and actually never mind how old i was because then that would reveal my age but (laughs) we'll we'll go we'll go with elementary school uh, so even in my uh, elementary school shoes, which are not as nice as the the UGG uh, house slippers that I'm wearing right now, uh, that, <laughs> it's, um, I, uh, it's uh, it, there was it's hard to without projecting adult thoughts onto my elementary school mind. I think it's difficult to really think back that far, but I'd say. Cons- you know, conceptually or emotionally, there was something, something about them that spoke to me. You know, now I can, you know, uh, you know, 
now I can, you know, kind of qualify what that was. But back then I didn't. I just knew that there was uh, that there was something different about them. And at the time I felt different. And so I knew like I just I, I didn't know what it was. Again, can't quantify, can't qualify, just knew there was something different. And there was something about the um, italicize other uh, about the show that spoke to me. And uh, probably uh, my friend I mentioned earlier that we used to play with their action figures because uh, you know, we haven't spoken a really, really, really long time. Uh, so, uh, but I did learn, you know, probably when I was in high school or maybe an undergrad that he, uh, that he came out. So, so it, it is quite possible that, that it just, you know, even though it's a show that no matter what your walk of life is that you can enjoy, there's a little something extra for those that feel uh, perhaps they're kind of, uh, you know, they're certainly in the world, but not necessarily of it in all the normative ways. I like yes. that. Very nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, perfect. Then I know Sexy Xies, this was a little while ago that we last did the poll, but let's go ahead and see our results and we'll get Ryan's point of view also. So the question was, who is your favorite member of X Factor? So who would you say is yours, Ryan? If this question had been about, I guess, X Force, it would have been Angel because he's super hot. Uh, So... Multiple men. Well, that would be par for the course for all the couples that contact me on Grinder perpetually asking me. And I'm like, no, because then that means I have to buy two birthday presents, two Christmas presents. I have to buy two of everything. And so no, thank you. <laughs> so, um, uh, from, from what I can remember, I really like Havoc. And I, yeah, so we'll just, uh, we'll go with Havoc. I don't remember any particulars, but I do remember Havoc is a pretty badass and very interesting. And I will uh, allow you, Sean, to elaborate more. And perhaps you can guess why I selected Havoc, because the name certainly rings a bell. <laughs> so that's what, <laughs> that's what we will, that's what we'll go with. Havoc was my yeah. choice last week. Oh, yeah. very cool. Oh, great minds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mine was actually multiple man, but when yeah. I was young, I really liked Havoc because uh he's a Summers brother. He's a like Summers the cooler brother. Summers brother. <laughs> Fine. Baby baby Summers, whatever. <laughs> I, uh, since X Factor was, came out in 1991 when I was getting into comics, this version of X Factor, I should say, um I read a lot of X Factor, so I was very drawn mm. to this team. So, yeah, I liked him a lot. As I got older and reread a lot of it, I was like, Havoc's kind of whiny. So hmm. I like multiple men better now. Yeah. I, it, and if, please correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, as I've been more wrong than right this whole episode, <laughs> uh, that, you know, I, maybe it's a different storyline, but I thought that Angel slash Archangel was either bi or gay. And so maybe I'm confusing him with another character, but I really thought there was something, or maybe it's just that many of us are crushing on him, and so we're wishing that upon him. And, <laughs> and perhaps it's not. Uh, perhaps it's not true. Wishful thinking. 
uh, that so um, so I don't know. So again, we'll we'll just uh, we'll just strike that. You can leave it in there. I'm not afraid to be wrong. As I I can <laughs> I, I I am okay to admit when I'm wrong because it's just uh, it's it adds to authenticity. So leave it in there. I don't care that I was ill prepared <laughs> to answer yeah. answer that I'm question. Trying- I'm trying to cycle through my brain to be like, is there a version of him that was gay or right. bi? And I can't I think of it. I don't think it. there is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wish, uh, I know when, when Iceman came out of the closet, he admits that he's had a crush on <gasps> Warren for years. That's, yeah. right. that's what, that's what I'm thinking. I, okay. that's, okay. that, 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 that's what, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I remember there was a comic I read. I think it might've been the pride issue last year where Warren like flies out of the pool and he's like majestic and wings everywhere. <laughs> yeah. and, and the Bobby is just like, <laughs> yeah it's been a running commentary i love Although it i hope quicksilver is not faster than a speeding bullet so um oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into this so this is savage land savage heart we're doing part one this week part two next week this aired september 10th 1994 so oh, that's the day after my birthday Nice. That would have been my birthday weekend episode. So Cold Comfort, Kevin, we talked about this. It did air later, so it was out of order because that one aired in 95. So we were confused for a righteous reason. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of order out of order, I know when Disney Plus first launched and the very first thing I was watching was X-Men TAS. It was like the first season, I think, was in order, but then like it got like way off the rails and stuff was all over the place. So have they since fixed the order or do you still have to go to Wikipedia and then go back and then (laughs) watch them in the in the correct order? They announced recently, I think two months ago, that they were going to rearrange it into what's called story order Ah, because this show is a mess, Ryan. It had production issues. (laughs) It had all kinds of things. We just talked about two episodes that aired in season five and you could tell like the animation is different, but yeah. So air order is not story order. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I guess it's in chronological release order Right. right now. When what we really want is story order, uh, it is in story order right. now. Well, they fixed oh, it, it is, now. They, it is yeah. fixed yeah. now. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and a lot of the issue was Haim Saban, who did Power Rangers, is yes. a cheapskate. Yes, it's the same thing at the end with the little kids and the parachute yeah. or whatever. whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I look like I'm flashing you. <laughs> so, yeah, he was trying to field out episodes to make it cheaper without telling anyone. So, oh. a lot of them got caught up in limbo or like the animation yeah. was so bad it had to be redone. Mm. So he caused the show to cost more money in trying to save money. <laughs> so is he um, part of Marvel or is he just licensing the characters and the name for his animation studio? What, what's his relation? What's Saban's relationship with, I guess, then a more fledgling version of Marvel Studios? Yeah, so he was licensed to show the show. Okay. There was another company, Graz Entertainment, who I believe was animating the show. And okay. then there was our people, the Lewalds, who are basically overseeing everybody. Mm. And they were meeting with somebody from Marvel. And mm-hmm. then they also were smart enough because they they didn't give two shits about X-Men when they got this project. Mm. But they knew it was like worth doing. Mm. So what they did is they surrounded themselves with people who loved X-Men. So that way okay. they could get that authentic cool. feel to it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, sorry for that little Unlike tangent. There. Later shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. I'm always willing to teach about X Men. <laughs> it's like me and Charlie get so excited. I know. <laughs> all right, this was written by Robert N. Steer and Marty Eisenberg, directed by Larry Houston. All right. The Savage Landers fight to stave off Sauron, and the Savage Land mutates. They hop onto rafts and paddle the treacherous waters to reach the Citadel. Above in his lair, Sauron is weakening. Enter Kazar and his scantily clad men. They are about to liberate themselves from Sauron when Kazar is shot in the back by a woman dressed as a chicken. Zaladin! <laughs> She makes a magic staircase, and her and her janky Sauron escape. <laughs> He's like de-evolving at this point. Yeah, yeah, it was very. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a little inconsistent how his uh, how his uh, I guess forming and deforming uh, deforming works. But uh, yeah, his um, it was it, janky is probably that that. That that's it. That's there's no other word to describe to describe this uh, this Sauron. But I had no idea that Savage Land was was like it's just filled with He Man. It was just like all of them. They're all like they're all they're all like uh, discount He Man. And so I was like, where yeah. where's the Savage Land orgy? Yes. Because I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> and so and that, it's like the Smurfs. There's like one woman there. Yeah. <laughs> this is a man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um yeah it was uh some of the um i guess the the sound effects and stuff sound, sounded pretty familiar i i think when we get to the uh when we get to the dinosaurs later i'm pretty sure the roar that we get uh was just right out of jurassic park because it just like so it sounds like the uh the, the exact same roar uh, but I, I did have to go back and refresh myself on um, on the uh, on Savage Land from the uh, the Sinister uh, episodes. Uh, so because um, and I because even though you know, you don't have to have seen that one in order to appreciate everything about uh, this two parter, it was it was helpful to um, to go back and watch that to refresh myself on Sauron and. And on the Savage Land. So, so listeners, if you haven't uh, recently rewatched uh, uh, Sinister and, and Sean, you have to tell me the the title of those episodes. But I would recommend going back and watching those as a uh, you know just a, a kind of it does a little better job than the exposition in the episode does, even though mm-hmm. the exposition in this episode is sufficient enough. Yeah, they did a good job, and yeah, this actually acts as. A direct sequel to that because mm-hmm. we see kind of what has happened in the Savage Land mm-hmm. since uh, Sinister left and what mm-hmm. his effect on the Savage Land has yeah. been, which is really cool. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, what oh. do you think of Zaladane's outfit? <laughs> uh, the one, the 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 chicken outfit, and so that's. Yeah. The- I mean, it was like like uh, I mentioned earlier. It's like is she sorceress from He Man? Because almost this, like the headdress is kind. It's kind of similar. The cape with the feathers kind of similar. And uh, I mean, I I I mean, I liked it. I thought it would uh, make a great uh, make like a killer Halloween costume. Uh, and then you'd be able to see whom is you know really fans of TAS because only they would pick it out. So I I. I mean, I liked it. I'm it. It doesn't seem to quite fit the Savage Land though, because uh, no. I I don't. 
there aren't any chickens. So, <laughs> so I don't. Uh, her, I mean, for one, her cape is not sustainable because she cannot replace those. She cannot replace those feathers. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like I, it, I, I'm sure the animator, you know, took direct inspiration, you know, uh, you know, from Sorceress because you can't, you can't tell me that they are completely and utterly independently thought of, you know, one another. Um, but yeah, I don't know where she's getting her feathers. Not one time. Did we see any birds at all in that uh, in that whole place? And, and I don't think that the Amazon drones were delivering there yet. So there's no way that she was going to be able to get a hold of those feathers. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. I wonder if this is an Aquaman Namor situation where like <laughs> Saladin came out in the 70s before <laughs> He-Man. So I wonder oh, if He-Man took inspiration right. from her. But then since... Uh-huh. The ah. sorceress was on TV first, like Aquaman. People are then like, oh, Namor's a ripoff. And I'm like, no, he's not. He was first. <laughs> you know who else uh, Zaladin reminded me of, uh, and Game of Thrones fans will appreciate this, is Lady Melisandre. And so because she oh, yeah. has uh, the, 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 uh, the red cloak and the whole sorceress thing where she has powers, but you wouldn't describe her as like – super powerful but she had but mm-hmm. she has powers so she also reminded me a lot of lady melisandre who was one of my favorite characters from game of thrones and i really 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 hope that we get lady melisandre in house of the dragon because she would have been alive at the events yeah, that really. are happening right now so i would love to see uh that character uh, even if it's just one episode i'd really like to see that uh, that character come back but yeah that's uh, was the other character whom uh, this source reminded me of is another great sorceress in Lady Melisandre, or High Priestess. Uh, High Priestess. Yeah. High Priestess. How about you, Kevin? I nicknamed her Cock of the Walk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, are you Cock of the Walk? Because she's walking a lot too. <laughs> and she has a cock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's dressed like one. And uh, but yeah, I was a little. Dis- I was kind of upset that it wasn't as sexy as the rest of the savage land i was like where's the sexy outfit (laughs) yeah (laughs) i did also notice kind of a little goof right here because um kazar comes into the cave with three sexy savage men behind him Mm. but then where did they go because he gets shot in the back by zaladane so like (laughs) they were just gone You think they'd be like, "Hey, Kazar, watch out!" Yeah, right. Oh, maybe they um they fell down the stair pit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh! <laughs> all right, that's all I had. Your oh, turn, okay. Ryan. <laughs> okay, as uh, Zaladane and Janky Sauron descend the magic staircase, <laughs> Zaladane announces that she is Zaladane, the High Priestess of the Sun God Gary. Hey. Uh, Melisandre, High Priestess, Lord of Light, High Priestess, the Sun God. Hey, we got a, it's it's very, very, very close there. Uh, she reminds us that Sauron must drain life force to remain in his Saurian, Saurian form. Uh, Sauron, oh, Sauron. Sauron devolves back into Carl Lycos. Uh, he did not look Greek to me, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) Zaladin convinces him to flee for Khazar and will uh, uh, flee, flee, for Kazar will never leave him alone, even in human form. She bedazzles him with uh, a Garrick necklace, and it was uh, Garrick. It was also very garish, 
and sends him <laughs> on his way in Magneto's old jet. Okay, I got, okay, this is, uh, I, I made this observation. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this before either, uh, but um, why is Magneto's jet also purple? Have you ever noticed that where the vehicles that uh, that that belong to outfit. these superheroes <laughs> matches their outfit because that's the exact same shade of purple? And so I just I was I was mildly amused by that. Like, oh, of course, of course, Magneto's jet is that you know mauvish purple color. Well, it's funny you mention that because if Fox got their way. Um, they wanted this to be a total like kid show. They were coming to the Luwalds and being like, we need all the X-Men to have their own car with like their faces on it. We want them to have walkie talkies with their faces on it. And they're like, it's not that kind of show. <laughs> this is the closest to that they got with making the jet the same color as Magneto. <laughs> Meanwhile, outside in New York Comic Con, oh, I want to go. Uh, right? <laughs> In, in what I believe is Central Park, Rogue and Storm are riding horses. And I have, like, Storm and her horse riding gear is, like, unnatural. This was really shocking to me and weird. Uh, <laughs> Storm and Rogue debate whether they should let loose their powers every so often or not. Of course, Rogue says yes, but Storm says it's too dangerous. In the spirit of letting loose, Storm takes off her hat and puts it in the air. <laughs> what a naughty girl. That was so funny. I'm just going to do this. Look, I'm so bad. I know. <laughs> Pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, I got a question. I, wanna... about, I got a question uh-huh. about the the. the, uh, the it, it's got to be Central Park. Okay, now I've you know I've only been in New York a handful of times, uh, but in the handful of times I've been there, I don't remember horse trails and horse riding in Central I don't Park. <laughs> so, and then did you see the little like the little tiki huts? There are also the little tiki huts when we were doing the uh, we were like like going out like what? There's little tiki. So we had tiki huts and horse trails. I want to know what version of Central Park that they're in because that looks a lot more fun than the version of Central Park that I've been to. Because I want to. I wanna, yeah, before you I, just get mugged. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I want to go there. So uh, I it just I, it just seemed the it's like of all the places to be a horseback riding. And then when you're like you know down on the trails, you're like, there's no way. <laughs> It's like, I don't yeah. think I'm planning this. I've ever been to Central Park before. But the Comic-Con was a really nice touch. And Kevin, I totally w- would go to that uh, that Comic-Con too. But um, I don't know if that one was terribly popular because did you see anybody hanging out outside the doors? So I some no. like, this play yeah. is at, you know? <laughs> well, and what I loved about this sign, I have to point it out. Stanley's catchphrase was enough said whenever it would be like in the next comic this happens it then say enough said so I love that they added that to the sign that's detail I noticed that on the sign but I didn't realize the significance Uh, I'm familiar with his um uh catchphrase yeah excelsior yeah Um, (laughs) but I was uh not sure I I mean I I I was unfamiliar with enough said but like there's a reason that's there so thanks for sharing that I, I I did not know the significance of it Ryan, I love teaching about (laughs) (laughs) X-Men. But yeah, this scene made me think of, uh, I don't know the last time I've seen it, but Cruel Intentions 2, she takes (laughs) a a horseback. Yeah, there's there's a third one. Three, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
but it's does uh, the Sarah Verve Michelle play in Gellar's both of character. them? Because I only want to see it if the Verve is uh, if the Verve is playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but she's learning how to ride a horse, and she she has like a little orgasm, and she's like, now I see like girls like horseback riding. <laughs> so one time I was watching Storm and Rogue, I'm like, get it, girls, oh. get it, mama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the subway, Carl absorbs the energy of a rando. He hates that he did it and hastily walks away. Carl makes his way back up to the street, but he can't remember why he came to New York. And I liked how the museum had the green pterodactyl sign on it. I was like, that's cute. (laughs) Yeah, the um, but it was. Not the place that I would imagine. Uh, oh no, because uh, no, we haven't been introduced to our uh, our three other characters yet. Um, but I, I, I do have I do have a, a question uh, here uh, for you. Um, it was my understanding that he had to absorb the life force in a very Skeksis like fashion for my Dark Crystal fans uh, from <laughs> individuals to uh, you know to. Like from mutants to maintain his his, his Sauron form, uh, I don't think. And 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 I watched it twice. I, I I watched it last night. I watched it again this morning, and I don't remember it being explained to me that he also just just in general had to drain life force from people like the you know John Q. Public there on the uh, there on the subway. So is that uh, is that a, a thing for him that he not only would he if he wants to be Sauron have to drain the life force from the other mutants, but just to stay alive he has to drain life force. Uh, that I was I was a little unclear on that. So I'm hoping you may be able to um, provide clarity. Well, Ryan, I don't know if you know this, but I love teaching about (laughs) X-Men. But, uh, yeah, so they actually don't explain it until the second part. This episode kind of just throws you in and then teaches you as you go. But, yes, you are correct. He has to absorb life force to stay Mm -hmm. alive. Okay. But if that life force is mutant, then he turns into Sauron. Ah, okay. Nope. Thank you. I was Mm -hmm. just want to make sure that I wasn't missing anything. No, you got it. He's very like a kind of a classic monster in a way. Mm-hmm. I think in the way he's presented, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, inside the museum, the museum looks really boring. By the way, I'm with Jubilee on this one. How many exhibits <laughs> did you see? I saw no exhibits. I saw hanging stuff from the ceiling, and there was like one skeleton. I I do not. I do. I question many things that she says and does. Not on this one though. That museum looked boring as fuck. So yeah. uh, in, inside inside the museum, Beast inconspicuously wears a trench coat. I've always thought that was so funny. Like the trench coat <laughs> does like completely masks you know, this this big blue guy who is it was walking around. And so it, anyway, uh, but uh, where's his trench coat over his his blue fur and panties as he shows Jubilee and Wolverine around. Uh, Jubilee is uh, yawn-inspired by the museum. Beast wants to go museum hopping. They're heading to the Guggenheim next. Um, yeah. Interestingly, um, most museums in New York are at no additional cost, um, but the Guggenheim is not one of them. It's one that does require does require admission. Uh, but, go, but maybe they're there on museum day, and so they're just going museum hopping. I mean, that is <laughs> Beast gets off on that shit. <laughs> so they go uh, museum hopping, but Logan and Jubes race off for a street chili dog. Hey, 
Those chili dogs from hot dog vendors are delicious. I don't want to know where they they came from, what's in them, what was done to prepare them, how they're prepared. All I know is that they (laughs) are delicious. Mm -hmm. So uh, Justin Carlicos happens by. Just figure that he would get off on on the subway stop that is a block. From uh, from where they are, um, he senses power in Logan and Jubes. He absorbs Wolverine's strength without realizing he's a mutant. He sets off his Sauron personality. Beast comes to Logan's rescue. They watch as Carl mutates. Jubes stays off Sauron's attack with um, sparklers, and he fl- <laughs> he flies. <laughs> he flies off, and Beast calls for Rogue and Storm's help. Um, that. Her just, I just can't, I just can't get over how useless she really is. I just, <laughs> just like, it's just like, no, it's like, I could, I can go to any firework stand and I can buy Roman candles that would stave off people better than the pyrotechnics out of her hands. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it, anyway, but she's, uh, she's, uh, uh, she's special and I love her nineties, uh, sunglasses. You got mail. 90s moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did we like um Sauron Sailor Moon transformation? <laughs> that was very um it was it was it, it inconsistent because it doesn't always seem to kind of transform the same way <laughs> but in this case kind of kind of was sailor moon and i want to know yeah. why the hell do his shorts stay on if the rest of his clothes are tearing don't you think that the shorts would fall off and so it's like how are the shorts always like they're always on there nothing ever happens to them you are so horny. <laughs> I have a few. I have a few notes for this scene too. Because when he was walking, I'm like, "What a homeless!" <laughs> I like, Ew. And it's got that <laughs> giant ass Garrick necklace. Yeah. And it's, it's just like it's, it's like weird. This is like yes, what a hope. perfect Kevin. Uh, that yeah. uh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then there's a guy in the street too that I think is a hot dog guy. He had a shirt that says. Weenie! <laughs> I loved it. Now, question: Do you do you think those were steamed hot dogs, uh, or do you think those were boiled hot dogs? Yeah, I don't mm. know. I'm gonna go with steamed. Steamed. Yeah. Steamed. Steam yeah. makes more sense because, yeah, they get the little. I don't know. Cart what do you guys like on your hot dog? I'm with Wolverine. Chili dog all the way, onions, mustard, actually no ketchup. I'm not a big fan of ketchup. So uh, so everything everything, my, everything mm-hmm. minus the ketchup. So I was totally there for uh, for Wolverine's chili dog. What do you guys like on yours? I could do a chili dog or ketchup and pickles, ketchup and relish. That's either either yeah. one. Ooh, no relish. Yeah, no relish. It has to be dill. cannot be sweet. It has to be dill. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can sweet, relish that. If it's sweet, <laughs> yeah. If it's sweet, I reject it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too bad they weren't hand dipped corn dogs. Oh, um, I don't do corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, sucks to be you. I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> From their horse ride, Storm and Rogue <laughs> see Sauron fly by overhead. 
they're confused as to why Sauron is so far from the Savage Land. Storm transforms into her outfit. Oh, I love it. <laughs> this is another Sailor Moon moment, or it's more from time moments, you know. Yes, so, and it's very similar to how we <laughs> see her transform in Night of the Sentinels there at the mall. Yeah. So yeah. very, this very is similar. only the second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was beautiful. Um, <laughs> and she flies after Sauron, leaving Rogue to watch the horses. Storm summons the Arctic winds <laughs> to, slow, to slow down Sauron. I, lo- I saw him like, oh, I know this. I hear it all the time. <laughs> it's in the theme song. Yeah. Um, but she summons him to slow down Sauron long enough for Rogue to catch up. Sauron hypnotizes Rogue. She sees Storm as Leah Michelle. And <laughs> 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 Storm breaks up the fight with her tornado. Enter Jubes, Wolverine, and Beast. Rogue attacks them, which gives them, which gives Sauron the distance he needs to knock out Storm and escape with her. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, there's a lot here. I like how Rogue says he must have taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, it does. That's, 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 that's so good. I um, at my uh, favorite little coffee shop. I was um, the talking with the barista, and they um, – I forget what um, set this up, but they revealed that they were from Albuquerque. And, of course, I said, oh, so did you – I said, so did you take the wrong turn at Albuquerque? And so – and I was like, okay, please, please, please – it's like, please find this funny. Please find this funny. If you don't, this is super awkward. They found it funny, so it wasn't – They wasn't. it wasn't super <laughs> awkward. Because uh, I was like, they're probably 19 years old, so they may not <laughs> – they may not yeah. actually understand uh, what the uh, what the reference is, but Love Storm's transformation harkens back to um, to Night of the Sentinels. I kind of want to know, like, where where is that costume? When like was that just all underneath her English saddle <laughs> riding outfit? Meanwhile, they're dressed like they're riding like like they've got like English style clothing, but they have a Western hat and Western saddle, so we're a little inconsistent on the style of a on the style of horses there. But it's just like, is that just like just underneath? Because if not, that is some badass 3d printing right there. She's able to, um, uh, conjure up, conjure up her costume. But I, I, I love, uh, I love this costume on, uh, on her. And it's just very, uh, it's just, uh, it's fun. And it's, uh, just, I just, I can't imagine Storm, you know, looking any other way, except in the movies. I mean, in the movie she does, but I, I love, yeah. I, I, I love this costume, but it's a pretty good, a pretty good opening battle there. We really have a, a, just through this whole episode, it's like 22 minutes long, but we, a lot goes on in this 22 minutes. And, and this opening, opening battle is, is really fantastic. And uh, I, I want to tell uh, you know, Rogue and Storm, though, that, hey, you know, even uh, even Sauron, you know, uh, has frequent flyer miles and, and he can travel. You know, he by no means you know, has to <laughs> he doesn't uh, have to stay down there. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, because, I mean, you're going up against two of the strongest X-Men. And so it uh, what I like about it plot wise is it really ratchets up the stakes uh, because mm-hmm. you know, were you know we know that Storm and Rogue are two of the most powerful, and he just ostensibly took them down. So it it conveys to us you know how difficult it's going to be to defeat Sauron this time around. Yeah, and uh, on Storm's outfit, the original idea is that she could use electricity to change molecules. Oh. So that was kind of a thing in the comics. So she's actually changing 
in front of you, 3D printing your <laughs> real time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is an amazing scene. I love the way that uh, the writers know how to use the X-Men. Mm-hmm. They know how to take certain ones out of the picture to mm-hmm. let other ones shine rather than just throwing everybody into a yeah. battle and just focusing on a few. <laughs> yes, and I love how just um, – Whenever Storm summons the elements, it's it, like she's always announcing to everybody, "This is what I have. This is what I'm about to. This is what I'm about to summon." Instead of trying to surprise our our, our villains, we're going to announce. It's like, "Hey, I'm about to summon the Arctic winds." Get a jacket. Yeah. Now there we have um, the. Uh, in, in the episode later where, where he flies up, you know, on top of the clouds and freezes and he falls, it's like, well, she just froze him with Arctic winds. So I was like, hmm, I guess it was maybe because it's Arctic winds and a temperate climate. So I was trying to figure out how, uh, how all that worked. But anyway, I'm probably overanalyzing. But it was really a, uh, it was really a, a great opening battle scene. Yeah. As Sauron escapes, Beast leaps onto Rogue and rides her bareback. He covers her face and leads her into the river, which knocks her out of Sauron's control. Meanwhile, Wolverine and Jubilee chase after Sauron. Sauron blasts the ground, causing it to erupt, which distracts Logan and Jubes long enough for him to escape in the Mag's jet. And just a quick reminder on Sauron... I remember going down this rabbit hole where I was like, what does his name mean? Why did they name him that? <laughs> I know this one. Uh, you the, do? Yeah, I do. Because uh, it uh, it is no coincidence that uh, Sauron from Lord of the Rings and Sauron mm-hmm. are, uh, they might be um, pronounced a little differently, but they're spelled exactly the same. And that's because the original writer or artist uh, took you know inspiration from Sauron because he was so impressed with, uh, with Sauron as our... Our, um, as our villain, as our character of opposition in Lord of the Rings, and that is where Sauron's name came from. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it has no other meaning except for he just was a Lord of the Rings yeah. stand and like the name. So I'm going to name the bad guy of my book Bowser. He's just going to be yeah. Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> I still like though because he's like a dinosaur and has sore in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's a pterosaur. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, he's along. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as uh, Sauron escapes, Beast leaps under. Oh, we've already uh, ridden Rogue Bearback, so uh, that is. <laughs> or oh, Rogue's already ridden Bearback. We don't. We don't need her to do it. Uh, we don't need her to over uh, overdo it here. So uh, Rogue Beast Jubilee and Wolverine reluctantly enter the Blackbird. They take off toward the Savage Land. Yeah. So just a quick reminder on Savage Land, because actually I don't know if we talked about this. It goes, to me, I feel like it's before our time, but as I'm looking more into this whole idea of aliens and what's going on there in like what people believe in real life, the Savage Land is very much that, because it's just in the middle of the Antarctic. So the idea is that there's this alien technology surrounding it that warms it and keeps mm-hmm. it safe from like freezing over, which... Like, a lot of flat earthers believe that there's parts of the world where we can't get to because it's being guarded because there's, like, islands made by aliens. Um, Another conspiracy is – this is what I get from Once Upon a Cult. Uh, (laughs) There's apparently guards in the North Pole so that you can't go further into it. And people are like, but it's all 
ice. Th- like those aren't guards. There should those be are, nothing those are, there. Those are elves, and they are guarding. <laughs> they are guarding Santa's house. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of belief that there is there may be something out there like the Savage Land. So it's interesting as I'm learning more in my age, like how much of these writers also believe in this stuff and how they've incorporated it into a lot of the comics. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, the way it's explained though is, uh, I mean, is, is plausible. I, you know, I, I don't think that there are active volcanoes down there. You know, maybe there are, I've not been to Antarctica, but insofar as I know, we don't have <laughs> uh, you know active volcanoes. Uh, but if there were, it, I mean, I'm no uh, geologist uh, or um, uh, if, uh, I guess to be a geologist, I, it, but I mean, I think it could be plausible where if you had like a, a bunch of volcanoes that it would certainly, you know, make locally your environment would be different. So perhaps it's not. Uh, so maybe it is within the realm of plausibility if we do have all those uh, all those volcanoes. Uh, volcanoes around but that blackbird it gets to antarctica super fast i mean that thing beats out the <laughs> yeah. concord so we're like all all the way like right away and like they didn't even have to have any check bags and like they were all they were all, all ready nope. to go uh to go down there mm-hmm. <laughs> okay nine yeah. hello yeah <laughs> all right meanwhile in the savage land zaladane lovingly caresses her I want to say gay rock, but <laughs> gay rock. <laughs> uh, her gay rock rock as Sauron <laughs> returns with Storm. Zaladin reveals that the plan on unlocking Storm's full power and harnessing that energy. Oh, she promises Sauron unlimited mutant energy for his service. Mm. Storm comes to just in time. Oh, comes in just in time for <laughs> Sauron to hypnotize her. She comes her. to you like she wakes up. Oh, 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 there we go. Okay. So she was like, oh, I must start it again. Uh, so <laughs> she, she comes to just in time for Sauron to hypnotize her. She's like, what? Where am I? Ah! <laughs> she struggles against him, but to no avail. She is easily dispatched. Hot, <laughs> evil, fuck me, Storm is released! <laughs> Yay! Hot evil fucking star. <laughs> and I don't know why, but in this scene, I was like, Saladin has huge movies. Oh, she does. <laughs> she, she, maybe that is, uh, maybe that's where her powers come from. You know, that's yeah. where, that's, that's the source, uh, that's the she source of her energy. There. Yeah. It's like a hamster yeah. that keeps putting food in their cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or she must produce a lot of milk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the the um, store like storm unleashed is pretty terrifying because yeah. it is just chaos. Chaos <laughs> ensues and it does not stop. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna see more of that, Ryan. Are you excited? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Outside the citadel, a storm wages on. Hot evil fuck me storm is free and having a blast. Zala Dane commands Sauron to drain her of her power. Storm falls limp to the floor. Sauron is now supercharged. Oh. This is like season two of a Power Rangers show. <laughs> Super <Yeah>. Sauron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
meanwhile, the Blackbird flies over the Savage Land. Jubilee sparks a lodge monument of Garok. Almost sounds Klingon, too. Wolverine knows yeah. all about uh, Garok from Kazar, explaining it last time they were there. The uh, last time on previously on X-Men. Uh, you remember that, right? What happened? Uh, so uh, even if you don't go back and watch the Sinister episode, you get enough of it right here to keep you uh, keep you up with uh, with this story. Beast explains that the Savage Landers believe Garrock inhabits the very soil on which the entire land rests. Well, I so, did not remember this. I did not remember him talking about Garrock at all in those episodes. So I was like, me either. Really? But you just watched them, Ryan. Did you? Did they talk about it? Uh. I mean, somebody did. <laughs> I can't remember if it was a uh, beast or not, but somebody talks uh, talks about the Savage Land while we were um, while we were in the Blackbird. And besides, it, it's really... No, it's not the, oh. Yeah, okay. Oh, we're well, talking I, about Garrick from the Sinister episode. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Um, no. Uh, G- okay, G- Garrick so. is, is not mentioned. So this must have happened off screen that he's talking about then. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, during the, the commercial time break... Of- <laughs> At the time of reunion, it was reunion part one and two um, that we're referring to. The series didn't know if they were going to be renewed yet or not. So mm. they weren't really writing ahead at that point. But, I mean, it's plausible, like we said. They were uh, off screen a lot with Kazar. Yeah. They probably had a few orgies. They probably talked about gay rock. <laughs> like, they probably had a grand old time <laughs> that we didn't see. <laughs> Is your gay rock hard for me? That's <laughs> 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 What do I have to do to get your rocks off? So. <laughs> All right. Twelve. Mm-hmm. The Blackbird lands and our foursome starts scanning for Storm. They split up to find her. Wolverine and Jubilee are attacked by a T-Rex. Beast and Rogue help save them. Kazar appears and wrangles the Rex in a trap. <laughs> That that trap, by the way, was huge. How the hell did these 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 you know the, the inhabitants of the Savage Land dig this hole that's like thirty feet deep? I I want to know I want to know what tools they use because that that was some that was a massive hole. You know? Yeah, that's I've heard that said. before. <laughs> um, Kazar greets his friends. Rogue saves Jubilee from the mud. At least the mud cooled her down so she's not so sweaty. <laughs> she smells better now. Just like when Wolverine said, it's like, I'll take a smell see. That made me laugh. <laughs> Zabu joins the party. <laughs> All right. Oh, you say it right um, here in the notes. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you guys noticed this. Earlier in the episode, when the X-Men are deciding to go to the Savage Land, do you notice a quick little nod to a certain character that we haven't heard about for a while? Oh, I don't know. There's a really quick one-off line about Wolverine says um, about more? something about Genie being at Muir Island. Oh, oh. yes. They, they do talk about Muir Island. Mm-hmm. I remember Jubilee so, says, who died and made you Cyclops? I liked that, too. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our first hint that the X-Men at this point know that Jean's alive, but the show hasn't given us anything except wow. for this one-off line. Mm. And you'll see why in the next episode when we start the Dark Phoenix. But, yeah, it's just interesting the way 
it's probably because of the the schedule order and the way everything went down. They didn't want to like have that connectivity. But yeah, we in the show at this point, they know Gene is alive. So what yeah. I what I like uh, what I liked about it um, is you know even though at this stage in uh, animated series we generally have you know two you know sometimes I think three at some point you know different story threads. And I think it would have been very easy because of the episodic nature of the show or mostly, you know, episodic nature of the show to where they wouldn't feel connected with one another. So what I what I like about the even just the one line talking about Muir Island is it 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 makes like the story threads feel like they are all happening within the same universe, within the same time and space. As I like how even amidst various story threads that that we're still keeping them uh, together, you know, telling one, you know, one big story. Yeah. And it's cool the way some episodes like we just went through a huge long string of episodes that did not have Storm in it. And we kept being like, if Storm were here, she would have taken care. You know, she would have yeah. just handled. So it's interesting that they know when to take certain players out. Mm-hmm. They know when to feature certain players. And it's a really cool balancing act that they do and they don't always even tell us where the people are so we get to kind of infer like oh storm shopping or oh storms went home to kenya to visit um yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. so two naked men sit in front of a statue of garak in a small village kazar explains that after sinister was thrown from power sauron took over the savage land he explains that that the garak statue just appeared one night it inspired them to overthrow Sauron, which takes us back to the beginning of the episode, which is you know, where we where we come into the episode. I like how we're just dropped right into the middle of the action, and now we get um, get to learn exactly why. Uh, Jubilee comes out of the nearest house, looking like Pebbles Flintstone, and then the village is attacked. A pterodactyl makes off with Jubilee. Wolverine asks Beast for a fastball special, and he's thrown onto another pterodactyl. He gives chase to Jubilee. So, Kevin, as uh, someone who generally likes X-Men, does Fastball Special mean anything to you? I know there's a character that, I, well, no, I don't know. <laughs> Why? Do, no, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I was just wondering. It's, it sounds because, like it should be something like, I feel like a Cannonball coming to my mind, but it's not that what it is. So No. <laughs> Fastball <laughs> Special, um, it started in X-Men number 100 all the way back in, I want to say the 80s. This was something that Wolverine asked Colossus to throw him. He said, how about a fastball oh, special? Yeah. And it's become it's become a recurring thing in the X-Men. I actually read uh, yesterday when I was kind of looking it up. Uh, it said that it's become one of the most popular comic book moves ever because X-Men kind of made it a thing. They've even had like Magneto do a magnetic fastball special where he throw he magnetically <laughs> throws Colossus <laughs> as kind of a, a cannonball at like a ship. That's so funny. they've done a lot with it over the years. Yeah, because I have seen that for sure, but I never even really thought about it. it. Never crossed my mind that it was like a recurring thing. I'm like, I've seen this. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was a very fun nod. It's another thing, like Nuff said, where like if you know, you yeah. know. But if you don't know, it doesn't take away from the episode right. at all. All right. Where are we? Uh, 14. 14. Jubilee. Pew, pew. Oh, I did. I did like her. I do like her. 
look. I did like this look. This yeah. new Flintstones inspired look. <laughs> but she pew pews her captor, freeing herself to jump into the driver's seat of the pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> Beast and Rogue easily dispatch their attackers until Sauron makes a surprise appearance. Rogue leads him above the clouds where the cold momentarily shocks him. Rogue goes in for the attack, but Sauron zaps her. He then zaps the pterodactyl Wolverine is on. Beast happily catches everyone below. Jubilee is only one is the only one left standing or flying to go after Sauron. <laughs> she pew pews at him. Hey. Oh. So in answer to your question earlier, Ryan, the only thing I could say for this is because yeah, he was affected by storms called earlier. The Arctic winds. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if like the air thinning and the yeah. cold had anything mm. to do with him in this part. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. I liked this though, because Rogue says something, she's like, anyone else want to wrestle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rogue. <laughs> so great. And then Beast, when he's catching people, he's like, I sense a recurring motif. I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> he's always so, so calm about it. <laughs> I love his, uh, his quotes from Shakespeare and Sir Isaac Newton and, uh, yeah. and others. It's just it's such a, it's a great part of him that hasn't quite, translated to the big screen but i i really love his uh his comment his uh his remarks like that because it, it just feels like it's just like that feels like beast and i know that's not a great you know you know definition or description but it's just like that just like you know that's that's the beast i grew up with and so i i like it when he uh when he does that because it because it you know reminds us that you know beast is incredibly smart yeah, and it it was something that any cre- any uh, writer that you ask about what they enjoyed about X Men, they all say Beast because yeah. they had so much. They almost like it became almost a journey for them or a challenge to find the most obscure quotes for Beast <laughs> that actually fit yeah. the topic. So they, they just loved like that challenge. <laughs> all right, Jubilee continues to give chase. Sauron feels his power fading. He falls into the jungle and Jubilee blasts rocks onto him and rides off into the night. That seemed harsh for Jubilee. <laughs> but I tell you, it, it, it showed that her, um, yeah, her sparklers are good for something. Yeah. Zaladin prays to the statue of Michelle Visage. Uh, I mean, uh, Garak. She assures him the time of the cleansing is almost at hand. The age of Garak will begin again. Garak orders her to release the Weather Witch, the Wind Rider, and all the other nicknames that Storm uh, the Storm gets in the episode. <laughs> she frees Storm to wreak havoc. Hey, there we go. Oh. To wreak havoc on the land, and boy, does she ever! Yes. You have to say Michelle Visage. That's the only thing. <laughs> Oh, Visage. Vis- visage. Yeah. Visage. Oh. Okay. Michelle Visage, pardon me. Yes. <laughs> Which is French for face. Face, Because correct. of the, uh, the horror film that I show in my world cinema class when we're uh, going through French cinema, Eyes Without a Face. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, oh like the song by Billy yeah. Idol. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Meanwhile, welcome to the jungle. You know where you are. Oh, you even put it in there. Oh, funny. Okay. 
<laughs> See, I get you. I love that. <laughs> you <can't. laughs> You're in the jungle, baby. No, 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 no. Jubilee, Rogue, Wolverine, Beast, and Kezar prepare for Sauron to emerge from the rubble. But instead, Kyle does. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I, I love Kayla. He's like, Kyle, is that you? <laughs> Kazar recognizes him. Kyle reveals that Sinister experimented on him, turning him into Sauron. He is cursed to need human ah, energy to so survive. He did experiment. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, if he absorbs from a mutant, he turns into Sauron. Aha. Wolverine demands to know where Storm is. Just then, he gets his answer as Storm storms through the air, but Storm-like. <laughs> we get the dreaded, ever so energetic, crazy, dramatic, to be continued. <laughs> that to be continued, so cheesy. It was, it was yeah. so, so bad. <laughs> Lightning flying. Ooh. <laughs> So we'll find out more about this next week. But Sauron, he was not originally experimented on by Sinister. But this is like, this is what I appreciate about the show is they make it all make sense within its own world. Mm -hmm. So I like that for the show that he was because it makes Sauron or (laughs) Sinister more of a standout villain for the X-Men since we don't have a lot of villains. Like at this point, we really only have Magneto, Apocalypse and Sinister. Mm -hmm. And the subservient mystique. But yeah, the writers take a lot of uh, time to make sure there's nods to the comic and there's nods within the show to make it all make sense. And that's what I missed in the movies. (laughs) It's not always like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and rate. And we actually added expected. So extreme the the episode was awesome expected like it was it was good it's what we expected out of it our x out eh, i didn't really like it so ryan how would you rate it oh it's it's extreme in every way the stakes are high we you know uh, as a kid you're wondering if the x-men are going to make it or not because they do appear to be you know maybe they have met their match in sauron and garak so I, I think it's very, uh, very much, an, you know, exceeded, you know, any expectations I think I would have had then. And even upon my recent rewatch, it's like, you know, it was good. Even when I watched it again this morning, uh, I still really enjoyed it. So, so yeah, so I go with extreme. Yeah. We certainly have extreme have weather patterns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'd extreme it too. This was a lot of fun, you know. I'm I'm not going to complain about this one at all. <laughs> no, yeah, and it gives us more. I extreme it also, but it gives us more of a characterization of Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the opposite of Ryan. I did not like Storm as much in the show. She oh. just always seemed kind of like bland to me. But when I read the comics. I really appreciate her enough now to where she's tattooed on my arm with my other favorites. Like she is (laughs) such a great character. And like, as I rewatch the show, as I keep getting older, like I appreciate her more and more. They did write her well, but uh, I think they kind of miss something that she has in the comics in this Mm. show. Mm. And I still have my storm button that you made for me. I was like, however many years ago it was, I still have it on my backpack. 
I know. And I sent that as a surprise to you and I made it for you because I know you love Storm. <laughs> so thank you for showing it off. Yeah. Um, who would you say is the MXP, our most excellent player? Uh, I think this one may have to go with uh, with Beast. Uh, because he... He holds everybody together. It's quite chaotic. It is quite extreme, as we uh, just talked about. And he is, uh, you know, uh, maintaining a very uh, calm, collected uh, demeanor. You know, much in the same way that Storm is second in command often does. And so, uh, so Beast is filling is filling that role, and it really is uh, through his. Uh, through his planning, you know, are we making any kind of progress at all? Because, uh, uh, you know, Rogue it, you know, just always just kind of goes for the jugular, so to speak. And there's a time and a place <laughs> for that. But you can't always just use brute you know, strength and, and force. And so uh, I'd, I'd say that, uh, you know, Beast would be my most uh, excellent uh, player uh, in this episode. Cool. How about you, Caval? Well, I've been saying this a lot lately, but Beast is my pick as well. Um, he's really just always has every, everyone's back this episode. You know, he's saving the team. He's taking a lookout. He's catching them when they fall. He's willing to help a friend of me. He doesn't know Carl. He, mean, he knows Carl is like the bad guy. He's like this friend of me. And he's, he's like, yeah, come with us. We'll help you. We'll find a way to get through this. So he's such a good guy on this show. Um, and it's it's definitely noticed. <laughs> Yeah, I considered Beast. I, I'm glad I did. Dare to be different. Um, I went with Jubilee, which I'm surprised they keep picking her. But the way that her growth in this season has been going, like we see That's her true. with Iceman and Longshot, as like you said with Beast, like kind of daring to look past who the person is and see who they truly are and like try to help them. Um, in this one, her growth, like saving herself on the pterodactyl and taking control, like she's the one who was able to give chase to Sauron and like take him out and kind of show everybody that, hey, he's not bad. He's Carl. So I really liked her growth in this. But Beast is definitely a very good contender. Yeah. Yeah. And Jubilee, she did have a lot of screen time. So she's definitely you know doing things and making effort. So I get that, too. Yeah, yeah, her 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 pew pews though. So like I told Sean last night, I I can I can I can shoot more with my left hand than than Jubilee than Jubilee can. <laughs> her pew pews. Wow. <laughs> You're such a naughty girl. You belong in this show. <laughs> um, so now we'll talk about what we think the X factor is. So the X factor is either like our favorite moments mm-hmm. or like what this episode showcases that fits in with the X Men universe mm-hmm. or lore. Do you have one, Ryan? Oh, I think of it as uh, well. I guess if, I, if I'm if I'm looking at if I'm looking at just this particular episode, I think the the scenes that uh, really stand out to me. You know, are the when we're kind of the, that first battle that we nah, no, you know what it is? It's it's when it's when we have the storm reveal um, after she's just gone batshit crazy and she's been freed. And we're and so at that moment, she, you know, is a character of opposition. She may not be our villain. She's not our uh, antagonist. She is. Um, she is certainly a character of opposition, though. And so her friends, her her 
her colleagues, you know, are having to go up against her. And so they're really faced with the challenge of, you know, uh, subduing her, uh, taking her out without bringing any real harm to her. And it's, it's when we have that reveal that what I like about that moment is we just realize how high the stakes really are. And that, that's the uh, moment that sticks out to me most uh, in this episode. Nice. I like that. How about you, Miss Kevin? Uh, mine are all the one-liners in this episode. <laughs> they were superfluous and amazing. It's so X-Men, and I it was wonderful. So it, it spoke to me. <laughs> yeah. I think what I appreciated the most is when I read the comics, especially in like the late 80s, Storm becomes the hottest commodity. Like Dracula kidnaps her and turns yeah. her into a vampire, for God's sake. Like wow. everybody wants Storm because she's so hot. She's so gorgeous. She's so powerful. So this episode really showcases like the reason that I fell in love with Storm in the comics. This episode, I think, captured that so well and that everybody wants Storm. <laughs> Yeah, well, she is Omega class, and we don't have a lot of Omega class X Men. We uh, Storm's Omega class, Magneto's Omega class, uh, uh, Professor X, and I think Jean Grey Jean. are both uh, both Omega class. And Iceman, Iceman, Iceman's Omega class. I did not know Iceman. that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I say, there and you know, of our powerful you know mutants, they are of the the most elite. Know level of mutants, and so it, so it their their powers are definitely going to be coveted by others. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So for our previously on, I thought we'd have some fun and showcase Storm a little bit. So my question to you, sexy exes, and to our lovely Ryan and Kavan. Mm-hmm. is which Storm outfit do you like the best? Do you like the 80s one, which is the one from pretty much Pride of the X-Men? Do you like her mohawk look? Do you like the 90s, which is like the X-Men Tass mm-hmm. look? Or do you like the most recent 2020s look? Oh, I'm uh, definitely 90s. Uh, but my actually, uh, take it a step further. My favorite is the '90s, but you could get the um, the action figure with the '90s outfit, but in black. Uh, same thing with the Funko Pop. You could get the Funko Pop, same costume, but the uh, the white outfit or the or or the black one. So uh, I I have to say that I think the uh, the the black costume is the uh, you know the black version of the '90s costume is my favorite. But since it doesn't get any screen time in TAS, I'll, I'll go with the uh, the white '90s uh, 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 cost uh, white '90s. Uh, I guess it'd be uniform costume when we wear it. It's their uniform when when they wear it. Oh yeah. So um, so I'll go, so, with, uh, go with that one. I really uh, really like it. And she's just yeah. great hair. I wish I had Storm's hair. She's got she's like <laughs> yeah. incredible hair. So fun fact, they actually first animated her in the black outfit, oh. but they said they kept losing her in the, the cloud. Sky. So that's why they changed it white. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. How about you, Caval? Well, I I mean, I get why they didn't use it, but I love that black outfit. I think it's so sexy. It's like a little swimsuit. You got little ab windows and legs and <laughs> arms and the cape and i i don't know that one is just so cool and hot to me <laughs> yeah actually um 
sorry, Ryan, but my least favorite is her task costume. Oh. <laughs> uh, for me, it's in between the 80s and the Mohawk. I finally went with the Mohawk one just because little Sean was a punk. So, like, when <laughs> yeah. Storm takes on the Mohawk look, she's rebelling against, like, this perfect kind of Storm that she was. Mm-hmm. And she, mm-hmm. like, takes on a new identity. And I, I actually have, like, a Storm statue of her in the Mohawk. It's, like, this big. I just love it so much. I love the way it looks. I love the leather the leather outfit and the idea behind her, like, letting loose finally and just being herself, even though it wasn't popular for her to have a mohawk at the time. Yeah. But yeah. in the TAS uh, uniform, she does have the best boobs. She does. <laughs> and as a little teaser, we do get to see the mohawk outfit in the series at one point. I won't Ooh. say how or when, but I love it so much. <laughs> All right. So we will be back next week with Ryan for Slav- Savage Land, Savage Heart Part 2, where we'll break down the second part of this episode kevin where can we find you yeah you can follow my personal instagram at kgz87 or follow my other podcast where we're covering now the charmed comic books words of the witches and sean is there and we're having a blast (laughs) yay Where can people find you, Ryan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RLTerry1. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's really not that interesting, but it is RL underscore Terry. And you can follow my film blog and uh, read my articles on, on a lot of films, a lot of stuff that uh, hasn't even come out yet. You can go ahead and read up uh, read up on it. And it's uh, RLTerryRealView.com. That's real with two E's. Nice. And you can also find me on Once Upon a Cult and the marvelous galaxy of Disney, where we have a lot of news. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye now.